If I told you you had a story needing to be heard, would you tell it? But if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? Today, my guest is Stacy Brookman. But before I have her introduce herself, let me introduce myself. Hi, I'm Christine Hodgkiss, and I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like a fingerprint that puts us on the path in which we are on. Some call it purpose. Every story can help, heal, educate, inspire, and of course, my one word, give hope. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Christine. I am so glad to be here. And I am so honored to have you. Please introduce yourself to our guests. I would love to. Yes, I'm a resilience and life life storytelling expert. I produced the, the Real Life Resilience podcast and the Emotional Abuse Recovery and Resilience Summit. Essentially, what I do is I help smart, outwardly confident women who secretly have low self-esteem issues because of an emotionally abusive partner. And what I do is I help them take back control and begin to develop the resilience they need to be themselves again. And I do that by helping them write their tough life stories. Well, you know what? I believe there's a book within us, just like I said about our fingerprints being unique, but there's definitely a book or two or three, maybe one book and a lot of chapters. (laughs) Now, um, what got you on this path? What's your personal journey? Well, <laughs> this wisdom that I have is hard-won wisdom. I always say, yes, it's hard-won wisdom, as often we all have. I was married to a sociopath hmm. for a while. I didn't even realize that's what it was until you know later on. But I thought it was a tough or quirky or, you know, some of us grow up with just, you know, just stick with it for the kids and and hang in there. But essentially it was an emotionally abusive relationship. And as I was getting out, it, you know, it became even worse. So through that traumatic uh, event, like we were married for 10 years, through that, the chaos of getting divorced and the the very hurtful things, which we can, you know, also get into, but I discovered the healing power of writing. And so when I did that, I'm like, wow, everybody needs to know this to be able to heal because nobody escapes childhood without some sort of trauma. Exactly. And so now that's what I do is I, I help specifically women who've been in emotionally abusive relationships, or I say tough relationships, because most people don't even understand what emotional abuse is or if they're in it. Well, you know, you'd mentioned a key thing already in the very beginning, and that is childhood. We all have something that is from our childhood. Now, some is more traumatic than others. I have my own share, Um, but it's a matter of the journey in which you want to go on. And I've said this before to other people. We only know what we know until something or someone else comes within our life to show us differently. And Mm. that I'm going to say is probably where you have this new journey of being married to a sociopath and you're like, okay, I know I'm not going to be the only one. I'm not the only one. So how can I help others get out of these situations and have the I want to say, would it say courage and self-esteem? Yes. You do lose, you do lose yourself in, in relationships. And, oh, yes, and absolutely. You, so you'd mentioned that your relationship, your marriage was um, emotional and psychological. Um, tell us the difference between a sociopath and a narcissist, because to me, I, they seem like they'd be the same, but I'm not quite sure that they are. 
Yes, they're very similar. Actually, they're on a spectrum. So a narcissist would be on the lower end and a sociopath would be on the higher end, which means more hurtful, more harmful. Mm. So a narcissist is all about themselves. They don't care about you whatsoever. Mm. They have no conscience and it's all about them. And other people are playthings, right? Okay. Same thing with a sociopath, but the sociopath will go out of their way to harm you, to hurt you, to hurt their family, to their kids, their supposed friends. They actually play with people's lives to hurt them. So a narcissist is extremely harmful and they can ruin lives, but a sociopath actually goes out of their way to actually do that. So both of them it sounds to me, don't really have any emotional connection when they're treating Correct. people the way that they do. Correct. Is there a they, certain, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say they do it on purpose. They, they do not have feelings. They will mimic feelings. Like they will cry crocodile tears uh, in court. Okay. You know, they will mimic. If they can see emotions, they will mimic them, but they do not have them. So you might think they have emotions, but in their insides, they do not have emotions, and it's all fake. Wow. So you were married for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, 10 years is a long time for a lot of things. Right. What are some of the warning signs or characteristic traits if someone is involved with a, 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 psycho, a sociopath? Excuse me. Great, great question. So, and this is true of narcissists. I'm going to use narcissist and sociopath interchangeably okay, because sorry. these are sim very similar traits. Mm -hmm. We can talk about some of the other things that uh, the sociopath did. Like he cut the wires in my house, the heater wires in the middle of winter mm -hmm. in Rochester, New York, and called Child Protective Services to say that I wasn't providing heat for the kids. Yeah. So that's the narcissist, the sociopathic, uh, harmful, really harmful things. But the, the red flags and most of the things that we'll talk about are very similar in both narcissists and sociopaths along that scale. Okay. So red flags that everybody should pay attention to. The first, very first one is when you meet somebody, if they get you to feel sorry for them. So they have a sad story about a, a poor, poor childhood or my employer, you know, fired me for no reason or, you know, getting you immediately emotion. So they they prey on very smart, uh, emo, uh, uh, intelligent women who are nurturers. Right. So those are great, great qualities in us women. And actually, there are men. Um, there are women narcissists too, but it, for primary reason, we're just going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. They prey on those type of women. They can find out who, what type of woman you are. If you are like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, you're going to get emotionally bonded very quickly and emotionally involved in that person. That's number one. They want you to feel sorry for them so that they hook you in. So us nurturers, we're like, oh, wow. I, you know, and we're imagining in our minds, oh, I would treat you. I wouldn't treat you like that. I'm much better than that. Or I could help you heal that hurt. We don't 
um, out, out in person think that, but in the back of our minds, our, our little nurturers are just saying, oh, you poor thing. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is they're usually grandiose in whatever they're saying, like, oh, I went to Harvard or, yeah, but I didn't like it, so I left. Yeah, if you really did, if you really did some investigation, <laughs> you would find out that's not true. Mm-hmm. So if they're making some big promises. The, second, the third thing is if they are over the top in love with you, they like the same movies you like, the same food, they, they want to do the same things, they want to always be with you and, and things like that almost smothering but not quite but if if they are over the top like your perfect person there's likely something wrong Mm. because what they do again the same thing with mirroring emotions they mirror what you like because they want to hook you in and they do hook you in and then the fourth thing is they move the relationship fast like really fast. They move it to sex faster than you would imagine. They will move in with you faster than you would imagine. And you are so overwhelmed and you're imagining this person as your your dream man, your, you know, the person I've always looked for. They're meeting your emotional needs, all of that very quickly. So those are the things it's called love bombing. They they really get you hooked in, move you quickly to um to sexual relationship, move move in with you, etc., and that is that all of those, all of those are red flags. So, with the very beginning, stop. Just, just like run away if you see anything <laughs> like that. Uh, that's my uh, hard won wisdom. Wow. So, do they know they're consciously doing this, or is this an illness? It is an illness, but it is not an excuse. So their brains are wired differently, but it is not, again, it is on a spectrum. That is not an excuse to accept any, any of that behavior. So here's the thing. When you push back on any of that, so for instance, their grandiose claims. Mine used to wear scrubs and he allowed people subtly. He never called himself a doctor, but he allowed people to think, that he think was. of him, uh-huh. right? And what he did was he cleaned equipment in a physical therapist's office. Mm. So, uh, you know, so when you start to question that, you know, and you can kind of see in conversations with that person and other people, and you're thinking to your back of your mind, well, he's not a doctor. He cleans but, you know, he must have just made a mistake or I'm just going to let it go. So there's a lot of things that are not quite right that fly under the radar. Okay. And uh, you just let it go and let it go and let it go. And you find yourself in an abusive relationship. So before we get into how you founded your podcast and how you found healing in the writing and sharing that with other women to be able to, to gain their power back, give us... Um, some of your life that you, because 10 years again, I said it's, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. Were you in this relationship and it, it took a few years before you realized you were married to a sociopath? And then it took probably that much more to try to figure out either this person's just being this way and you see the good in him, because I believe there's good in everybody. Or there was that time you weren't sure how you were actually going to get out of this relationship knowing it was not a healthy one for you and your family. Yeah. I knew it was volatile. I knew it was quirky. I I just thought it was a quirky 
um, relationship. And the way I grew up in uh, a pretty strict environment, you you did not get a divorce was unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Like, I I mean, I just, I would be the black sheep of the family. I already kind of was sort of (laughs) because I, you know, married somebody, actually had gotten a divorce from my first husband who cheated on me. So I was like, what didn't have a great track record according to my family. And so then I was embarrassed and, and also, you know, you stay for the kids. I, my whole upbringing was kind of like that. So, yes, I thought, well, I'm going to stick it out. I can do this. I was the primary breadwinner, primary raiser of the kids, all of that sort of thing. But all along the way, yes, there were lots of things that were, um, for instance, um, at one one point, the, the car, I didn't pull the handle up on the, the parking brake well and it moved backwards and he flew into a rage and smashed my phone and said you need to get that car fixed you need to get the phone you, you whatever mm-hmm. and left me without any means to do that luckily I was able to get on my computer and text a co-worker they picked me up and all of that sort of thing but um, he would fly into rages anger is another method of control mm-hmm. when someone else is angry you tend to Okay, what do I need to do to calm this person down, etc.? And you and you lose your boundaries. Mm. Other people's anger is their problem, not your problem. No matter what you did or or they think you did, it is not your problem. By the way, um, so that there were um, just really strange things. He favored our older daughter than my, our younger daughter. And um, which which caused a lot of problems. He would steal from his work like he, he couldn't keep a job longer than six months, mm. like in 10 years. I don't think he ever kept a job longer than six months. And yet he would, you know, he would come home and and I just walked out today. Uh, I quit. And and um, I'm like, oh, OK, what what happened? He's like, well, don't you support me? And so just trying to dodge really his own reality um, of life and his own right, problems. Exactly. Oh, exactly. The, I'm hearing a lot of the victim card being used. Oh yes, definitely. Whatever it is to control. So if you're just, anybody's thinking about this and they're looking back at situations, think about, is this person doing this to try to control? What did I do as a result of them telling me this or doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? So all of the things that they do is essentially to get you to hook back in, not leave, and continue being abused. And I, I said they abuse, but again, it's just tough. They're they're yelling, they're destroying you. They they um, take over the finances. They will be financial abuse is very prominent in here. If they say why did you spend that, but then they go on and spend things. Um, if you're questioning them and they get very angry about that, that's another red flag. What ultimately happened was it's just was getting worse and worse. But what ultimately happened was I discovered on our home family computer, he I opened the computer, unlocked it, and his email was up and I saw Craigslist posting. Craigslist. For. Craigslist. And that Craigslist posting was advertising where he had posted it, advertising himself for relationship purposes. So oh. that's in air quotes. Oh. And 
I was flabbergasted. Of course. That was the moment I I realized my two little girls, they were seven and nine at the time. My two little girls were watching the relationship I was in. Mm -hmm. And by simply observing it, they were at risk of growing up and being in the exact same type of relationship. And that broke my heart. It broke my heart. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. And so that was the moment I said no to an abusive relationship. And I went to an attorney and started those proceedings. Uh, it's, it just got worse from there involving, you know, him bugging my car and uh, slashing the tires. I mean, just the, the the heater incident, it was long and drug out. Um, I had actually tried to leave four times before. And he always threatened, I'm going to take the older child and leave you, or I'm going to take both of them. The police will never find me. You'll never see them again. Oh, my goodness. So that's the sociopath end. Narcissists won't necessarily do that, but they will, they could threaten, they, they will do other kinds of things. So it's just really devious, and most people don't have a clue. When you start looking, you're going to find these type of things. So there are clues to mm-hmm. these types of uh, individuals and their behaviors and how they uh, treat you or other people around you. Now, you had talked about you help women um, mm-hmm. regain their power. How do you do that? So essentially, when you're in these types of relationships, you lose yourself. You are just trying to serve and make happy the other person. You are not even the person who you used to be. And so during the time where I was getting a divorce and all of these really even worse terrible things were happening, when when you're under stress, your brain is in fog. You have brain fog. Mm -hmm. And I knew I, I needed a creative outlet that wasn't divorce, that wasn't my job, which I was trying to keep, that wasn't kids. And there's a there was a class at Writers and Books in Rochester, New York on memoir. So I thought, okay, I'll just do do this class. What I discovered was as I wrote my memoir, writing the things that were happening that week, crazy, crazy things, Mm -hmm. and bringing these stories to the class, it was like, oh my gosh, I became so much calmer. I became so much clearer about how in the world did I, a professional woman, Mm -hmm. get involved in an abusive relationship? How in the world did that happen? And what are the steps I need to be more resilient, grow, be have a much better life, and see that that was possible? Writing did that. And when I discovered that, I started doing some research. I'm like, there's something to this. And I realized there's a wide body of research out there that shows that writing about the tough stuff actually boost your immune system. It helps you become clearer. It helps you learn the lessons that you've already learned. You're just not implementing. And it helps you see so much clearer. Stacey, Actually, would, yes, go ahead. Would you mention, I mean, would, could you agree then through writing? I was always told when I was younger, 
write it down. You don't have to mail it if you're writing a note to someone. And a lot of people do this on their social media. They throw out their stuff that really shouldn't be out there on their personal level. And they go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> write it down first. That doesn't mean you have to push send or put a stamp right. on it look it, and send it in the mail. Would you say during this writing period, not only did you gain your... I'm going to assume self-esteem because I've been in that mm-hmm. situation years ago. I had no self-esteem. People are looking at me like, you're kidding me. You had no self-esteem at some time? I was like, I've been through my own share of stuff, let me tell you. Right. But I had to earn it or, excuse me, <laughs> rebuild it as well. But in this process, we've always heard this phrase, self-love. Would you say you found your self-love doing this? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's uh, And I call it self-compassion uh-huh. as well. You have to be compassionate because you could sit there and beat yourself up. Oh, my gosh, I've wasted 10 years of my life. I did that. Yeah, I, I, I cannot believe I even got into this relationship. Why didn't I see those red flags? Why didn't I say no at year one or two or three or ten? What, what, is, what was going on? And you're just going to beat yourself up, and it doesn't. It, it don't look back like that. What you want to do is look back and learn the lessons that you needed mm. to, that you need to learn and, and, and find the wisdom. I mean, you're looking back with older and wiser eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up. Actually, what you can do when you write is find your superpowers because all along the way you've developed those superpowers like endurance, right? Mm-hmm. Although I don't ever want anybody to endure an abusive or tough relationship. Uh-huh. But you've you've developed some really super skills and let's find that out. And writing can also bring that out. So writing is very incredible for healing, resilience, and bringing out that, that self-love and that self-compassion. You know what? I, I am a totally different person now. And you know what? I am more who I really should be uh-huh. and, and who I really am than that person who was beaten down by a, a tough relationship. That was a very powerful statement for you to say that you're a different person being, mm-hmm. that you went through something that wasn't ideal by any means. And then you had said something else as well. And that was, what am I learning? You know, right. every day is a classroom without an instructor. The instructor is all the people that come into your life and you get to decide, is that going to work for me or is it not going to work for me? So every day is a lesson um, and a classroom lesson for sure. Absolutely. Um, You had mentioned earlier that uh, you do a you're you're a part of a summit or you create a summit. What is it? That, what's mm-hmm. the summit? Yes, I created the Emotional Abuse Recovery and Resilience Summit, and this is for anybody who wants to find out more about you know there there are videos in there where I interview experts, psychologists, attorneys, like how do you go to court with a, 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 a sociopath mm-hmm. how, or a narcissist? How do you raise kids, right, with oh, a yeah. narcissist? How do you, like, how do you rebuild friendships? Because typically, I forgot even to say this, typically what they want to do is they alienate you from your family and friends. You're either moving far away from different states or they'll say things like, why would you go shopping with your mom? Don't you care about me? Oh. Don't you want to do something with me? That that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They really alienate you. So, And so you're out of practice with all of that. 
And so you want to develop really healthy relationships. Also, we're at danger of developing another relationship, maybe a friend who's a narcissist, mm. or you know, maybe you're in a, 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 um, a familial relationship with somebody who's a narcissist. You need to develop really good, strong, healthy friendships. Developing boundaries is in here as well. So Absolutely. the full scope of uncovering it, like... Uh, what about faith? You know, it, how does that play in if you're going to get a divorce? Or um, just what does this make possible for you now that you've gone through this? What is possible? And so I love every single one of these videos. They're all my favorites. But it's very comprehensive. And you can start wherever you want to, whatever your per particular pain point is right now. Where can anyone who may be interested find these? That is at emotionalabusesummit.com. Emotionalabusesummit.com. I love that. Um, yeah. You mentioned a couple things, and, and one of them was taking the control. And, and we were talking about the women being in relationships with uh, sociopaths uh, because that's what's today's topic. But there was one thing you had said in here, and I was like, oh, my gosh, my uncle said that when I was going through some difficult times in my life about 10 or so years ago. And the one thing he said to me, I find him to be a wise man, um, if, woman, if, if women realized just how much power they really have, they could be and have anything they want. Yes. And it didn't yes. make sense because I was in a bad time in my life where I, I've never played the victim role, but I... I definitely was absorbed into being the victim, not understanding what am I doing wrong? What? Are, why? Why am I feeling this way? And then that now, as I've grown through the years, I'm like, so that's what he was saying. So mm. it sounds like that's what yeah. you're doing as well through these summits is allowing these women to realize that they have this power, they can take it back, and they can be Absolutely. who they are intended to be, like you had mentioned. Yes, very much so. I um, I have this last question I like to ask, and that is. What message would you like to leave our listeners based on your journey or just about life in general? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, I want to start this by saying today I am so much wiser than before I started writing. Mm -hmm. Writing helped me to do that. My girls are grown. They've seen a joyful, resilient mom. Mm -hmm. And I remember 10 years ago when, when I finally discovered my story and my voice and my resilience. And here's my message. You can make that discovery to anybody. But now that you know about that, you have two choices. You can attempt to bury those tough stories and you're playing whack-a-mole with them for the rest of your life. Or you can take back that power, write those tough stories out, and become more resilient. So I always tell people, imagine a time when you're writing your tough stories and you gain power over them because that's what this does. Mm -hmm. Imagine a time when you put into action the wisdom that you've learned from your stories. Mm -hmm. And imagine a time when your story has helped you and others become more resilient. And so right now, now is that time. No matter what point in your relationship or past relationship you are at, now is that time. And I believe that everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. And it's never too late to start telling yours. I am 100% in agreement with that. That's why I do my podcast, which mm -hmm. um, you have a podcast. 
And, I do. And what is the name of it and where can it be heard? Yes, it is on iTunes and anywhere podcasts are played. And it's called Real Life Resilience, Stories of Recovery from Life's Most Difficult Traumas. And so it's not necessarily about emotional abuse, but it's all about people overcoming really tough, their own tough life stories. Because mm-hmm. writing helps everybody. It does. And you know what? Not a lot of people know how to write. They'll say, oh, I don't know how to write. Well, I'm pretty sure you know how to write your feelings down. No one's going to read it, so write mm-hmm. them down anyways. It's not It's not a quiz. Yes. And if you go on my YouTube channel, Real Life Resilience as well, I've got lots of little short videos on how to. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Stacy, for being my guest. It was quite the honor. Oh, Christine, this is great, and I'm so glad that you are bringing all of these things out into the world, so thank you for doing the hard work. Absolutely, and it's it's my honor to meet individuals such as yourself that are sharing their stories that can help other people feel like they're not alone, know they're not alone, and that there are other resources out there for them to get out of their situations, be able to move through something that has happened in their lives, such as my own tragedy, or just to be able to just walk through life on those difficult days and appreciate those good days, too. Absolutely. All right. Thank you again, Stacy, for being my guest to share your story, to help, to heal, to inspire, educate, of course, and to give hope. To my listeners, I thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you are notified about the next great story because I will just keep saying these just keep getting better and better. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who wants to share their story or you want to be anonymous, you don't have to have your name attached to a story that I do believe needs to be heard to help someone else and may even help yourself. Please email me to the address of Christine at Stories of Hope. That's Christine with the C-H and Stories with a Y. Christine at storiesofhope.com. And until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.